listening to Treasuring Scripture, a podcast of the weekly teaching ministry of Lebanon Baptist Church, Roswell, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry, please visit us at LebanonBaptist.org. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalm 23. It's a privilege to be here, for real. It's not just a pro- it is appropriate to say, but it happens to be true. Um, when I was one, they carried, my mom carried me into Calvary Baptist Church, and my dad became the pastor there, and then I was left 65 years later. So I guess I'm pretty much a stayer. And uh, we moved to the mountains, which is just one last step that's heaven to me. So it's, there's n- nobody around. They, when they were doing the COVID maps, the number of COVID people in our, in our county, one. And they didn't even live there. They lived in California. <laughs> but he had a house here, so we had to have one. That was our big claim to fame. So, yeah, we're way out in the middle of nowhere on purpose and loving it. In a really good church and uh, really grateful to what the Lord's doing in our lives. Uh, I love the book of Psalms. It's incredibly honest. I mean, there, there is a lot of teaching and preaching that although may not be heretical, it's just not honest. Hey, you know, if you love Jesus, you're always happy. Yeah, right. Um, there's a lot of um, thinking that's just been sterilized to sound better than it is. And Psalms is, here's what it is. And some of it is gloriously positive. And some of it is, God, where in the world are you? And God doesn't strike him dead. He puts him in the Bible. Because we need not to be flippant or crass with God and his word, but to be honest like, like he doesn't actually know. You know so so how, how are things? Oh, oh, they're fine. It's God. He knows. If you hate it, you, he already knows. If you love it, he already knows. And so in Psalms, we get very encouraging things. And actually, it's all encouraging if, if you like honest. Because there's some very dark things. In the middle of a praise of God, there, there will be. God, where are you? What are you doing? You said you wouldn't abandon us. We feel abandoned. And then two verses later, but God's great. So what's that? That is, there's this spirit, obviously it's inspired by God, spirit-driven honesty, candor with God about how things really are with him and how things really are with us. And I find that, I mean, I find it heartbreaking at times, but I find it enormously attractive, compelling. So uh, the Psalms we're going to deal with today, the three today, they'll be familiar ones. Psalm 23, have to be honest with you, it was a long time till I ever preached on it because it's like, it's so incredibly familiar. It's almost like the Lord's Prayer. Every pagan and every Christian in the world knows the Lord's Prayer. They can repeat it. Oh, Psalm 23. But there's so much stuff there that um, just over time, maybe it was just me growing up, I don't know. That assumes I have already. And that may not be so. But it really has spoken deeply to my heart in life. So 
One of the things that's particularly helpful with a psalm is if you can glean from someone, another text of scripture or some enormous expert, um, the historical context of the psalm. Because behind every song, there's a person and a story, right? And, and, and knowing that story um, sheds, it, it changes the word. I mean, the words are the words, but it changes the whole message of the words. Uh, not from what God intended, but from what we would normally understand. Um, so, um, let me just read a couple of verses not in Psalms to help set the stage. Um, we're going to start with the story of David and Absalom. Remember that story? Uh, in Second Samuel, it says, And the conspiracy grew strong, and the people with Absalom kept increasing. It's a very sad story. When sin happens, it happens, but it wasn't dealt with, and so it, 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 did, it, it wasn't healed by God's grace. So the situation with, with uh, Absalom and Tamar and David was terrible, and then Absalom commits murder, and Absalom flees, and, and then he, he's not welcomed back, and David does. What did David do? This is Sunday school. You can say something. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. He did the man thing. Oh, just keep going to work. <laughs> and uh, it got worse and worse and worse. Finally, he's manipulated and pressured to bring Absalom back. And then, but he can come, he can come back after a couple of years, but he can't see me. I'm like, well, way to go, dad. And then it got worse and worse and bitterness. And then now, and so what's the context of Psalm 23, where, God, where David says, the Lord, the God who is, is shepherding me. What's the context of that? He is on the lamb. He had to leave town really quick because Absalom anoints himself king, established himself as king, and it's on. Army's going to chase down dad, going to kill dad, just dad, the king, and, and take over the kingdom uh, uh, for, of Israel for himself. And David flees. He leaves, grabs, goes, and he is fleeing. He's, he, he goes up the side of, uh, out of Jerusalem, up over the Mount of Olives, and, and he meets a, a, a guy who's throwing rocks at him and, and cursing him for th- things that uh, weren't, that David had never done. And, and now he, he, he's going, and the whole country, except for a few loyal people, are, are going after Absalom. So it says the conspiracy grew strong. Um, and then on the way out, this guy was yelling at him, and David said, because one of his friends says, let me go take his head off. You know, that's a good friend. <laughs> but David says, no, no, no. And he says, here's what David said. He said, and David said to Abishai and to all his servants, behold, My, my own son seeks my life. And how much more may this Benjamite? Leave him alone. Let him curse me. For the Lord has told him to. So they're walking 20 miles down towards uh, the Jordan River. And in chapter 16, verse 14, it says, And the king and all the people who were with him arrived weary at the Jordan. And there he refreshed himself. So where does it start where David says, the Lord is my shepherd? 
He lost everything. He thought his son is seeking for his death. And, and, and chances are, apart from the intervention of God, he would succeed. And he just left, you know, with a little bit of camping equipment and, and, and has walked 20 miles. And now they sit down and they're up against the Jordan River and they sit down and he says, the God who is, that's the word here. The Lord is my shepherd, the Lord, the God. It's, the, it's hidden in that, not so, not so much, but, but hidden in some degree in that word Lord is the great I am. It's, it's what, what God said to Moses, right? Tell him I am sent you. It's what Jesus said to his critics when he said, before Abraham was, I am. The God who is. That's, a, that's like, well, that's an amazing identification because there's, there's lots of gods. And we refer to them as if they were real in some context. Lots of gods, or we can even call it the God of materialism or the God of fame or whatever you call it. But here's the deal. The God that he's talking to, the Lord, is the God, the one and only God who exists. He, and he is the one who is at this very present time, although it didn't look like it. The God who is, is the one who is shepherding me. He's tending, grazing, bringing me to pasture. I shall not want. Uh, At the time, did he have wants? Yeah. But he's talking about end, future, how this is going to play out. Today's terrible, but if tomorrow's good, that's, that's a difference maker, right? And he says, I don't know when it'll be. But I know what's going to happen. This, the God who is, not the God that I made up in my mind or the God of the day. The God who is, is presently shepherding my life. He's guiding and directing and correcting. And and so I won't, I won't want, I won't need, I won't become empty, deprived, or abandoned. And I, I, so frankly, at this point when I was studying this passage to preach it, is like, that's like, wow, that's like, wow, right? I mean, not new. I can't tell you anything new. I don't know anything new. But, but that's a wow. So, so whatever, wherever I am. So now he's sitting, he's sitting down on the grass next to the Jordan River with his son trying to kill him with an army. And he says, the God who is, is the one who is shepherding me. If you just got that, if, if today you just got that, that, in fact, if you're a child of God, the God who is, is the one who's shepherding you. Now, did it ever strike you that although you know that, you wonder what in the world he's doing? Anybody feel away? And when and why and really? And, 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 and the difference maker is David knows David experientially is aware that the one who's leading me is not me or my advisors or my son pushing me out. The one who's leading me is the God who is. So that changes everything. While changing no circumstance, it changes everything. He says he makes me lie down. 
He causes me and enables me to lie down and stretch out on green pastures. And he brings me nourishment. He feeds me and gives me a rest. When are we, where are we going to eat? Where am I going to live? I left, he left everything at the palace. Uh, what am I going to do for work? Um, you used to be king. Now, now what are you going to do? He says, he's saying he is going to cause me to lie down, stretch out, and rest. He leads me beside still waters. He brings me, not points me. He doesn't say, well, go over there. Um, when, when you're new to an area and somebody's trying to give you directions because you need to get to some place uh, and you can't talk to the little lady on the phone who tells you from Google, who I, I find out she lies every now and then. <laughs> like yesterday I found that out. Um, but looking for direction. He's looking for, and so he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Well, buck up. He didn't have to buck up. Pull yourself together, man. He says, the God who is, circumstances do not look good, but the God who is, is the one who's shepherding me. So I am here and I didn't want to be here and I would never have chosen to be here, but this is not a mistake. It's a sin on Absalom's part, but because David was a follower, uh, because the Lord, the God who is, was his shepherd, then okay, I don't know what the shepherd's doing, but I know it's his doing. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to sit by these waters and I'm going to be refreshed. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Leads me beside the still waters. He restores, refreshes, re-energizes my soul. How could you be happy? How could you feel energy? How could you feel confident or, or uh, optimistic about the future? He says, um, the God who is, is shepherding me, and he is restoring my soul. He's breathing life into me. He's bringing energy into me. He's breathing optimism into me. I, I know I'm not alone. It's not like I'm trying to call God and getting the busy signal. It looks that way. Circumstances were awful. But the God who is was shepherding him, led him down by the water. He leads me with care. He brings me. He doesn't point. He says, okay, so where do you go over there? Just, I know you messed up. I'll take care of you later. Go down by the river. He didn't direct him as in point. He directed as in, he took him by the hand and led him there. Is there a difference? There's an enormous difference. Number one, if, if you say, if a guy says to me, I'll give you the directions. And, and then he goes through 37 steps. Except that last one. If that person's not on the corner this time, you won't know to turn there. And it's like, and, and then if they have half a heart, they say, look, I'll just take you. I'll go, you follow, you fo- follow me. And so he's saying, I, what I understand here, God just didn't say, just get over there because, David, you, you really blew it uh, with your son, and, and I've got problems with your leadership, and so just, just go over to the river, and I'll catch up to you later. He says, no. I'm going to show you the way because I'm going to go there and lead you there. I'm going to be ahead of you. 
He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He brings us to a life of right choices. <laughs> Do you ever really wonder what's right? Anybody? Yeah. And you know the Lord, you love God, you love his word, but it's still like, so what's the right thing to do here? He says, I, I know, the God who is, is going to do this for me. He is going to show me the right choice. Not way ahead of time, he doesn't give me it all ahead of time, and okay, then Thursday, and then next Friday afternoon at three, do that. He's, the lead, he's leading, right? He's not pointing, he's leading. And in leading him, he's going to lead him to the right place at the right time. Follow the whole core of discipleship, Jesus to the 12. What was the call of discipleship? Follow me. He was like, okay, now you guys got to go here, you got to go there. And then he would see their eyes going like, what? And it'd be like, okay, Peter, look, just follow me. And I find enormous comfort in that. When I'm out there trying to remember all the turns I'm supposed to take in life, that, that can lead to some momentary pride and then to some enormous guilt because of making some bad and stupid choices. But when God says, just, just come with me, Tim. Just come with me. Okay, where are we going? It's good. Well, I can't tell you everything. Your brain's not big enough and your heart couldn't take it. So just follow me. Going through Psalm 23 a little bit further. Even though... I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Uh, I don't usually read a lot of quotes that that aren't God's word, but I'm going to read a quote from a guy that I don't know. He wrote a book um, about this text that uh, captivated me. It says, there are times like this, that one, where he was walking, following a shepherd, In a most fearful darkness, a darkness that could be felt. These are such trials that overpower the soul, throw into amazement, break its purposes. Jesus, speaking of Jesus in Matthew chapter 26, he says, He took Peter. And Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me in the Garden of Gethsemane. So he says, I'll admit, there are places that God leads us that, that are absolutely terrifying and absolutely heartbreaking. And, and, and what makes them good? Uh, nothing. I mean, yes, God's providence and God's promises, but it doesn't make the pain not pain, does it? Doesn't make the fear, well, if you really, really love the Lord and you're walking with him, you'll never be afraid. Not true. You have to be brain dead to not, well, then you'd be in heaven, okay? Uh, to not be afraid, correct? So he's saying, it, here's the real deal. So David is sitting down there by the river with his friends and he's talking about God and and God, how's this going to work out? How's How's this going to be? What are you going to do for a living? I don't know. I know this, that the God who is, is the only God who is and he is leading me. Where? Don't know, but he is leading me. 
And he's letting me here by the still waters. He's restoring my soul. He's encouraging me. And, and yet, how, so how was the ride? It's like walking through death. The valley of the shadow of death. Jesus doing the Father's will perfectly. Kneeling in the garden of Gethsemane. Filled with joy. That wasn't right. Right? No. Never. So, so it, it, the same dynamic happens. He says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And that's what, that's, that's what following Jesus is like. It will thrill you. It will give you joy. It will break your heart. It will scare you to death. It'll refresh you and it'll exhaust you. But the only way to survive it and the only way to thrive in it is to the God who is, is the one that's shepherding you. You are following the God who is. And what's the secret? What are the seven steps? What, there's one step. Follow him. Follow him. Let's go back here to uh, the, the psalm here. I get look at, back, back here at the text. It says in, um, okay, so even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Uh, here's another. Watch your mic. Okay, I can watch. I can go a little further. Um, you're uh, six years old, violent thunderstorm. Where do you want to be? At night, you're in bed, violent thunderstorm. Where are you going to go? Your mom's dad's bed, right? Like, like lightning would strike there. <clears throat> okay. But the truth is, and it's like, well, they'll, they'll save me. They're scared out of their minds. But you're there and you crawl up next to them and you sleep like a baby because you are. And, 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 and mom and dad are there. I'm good. That's what he's saying. I, I, will, I will not be overcome with fear and I will not let fear make my decisions because you're with me. You're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your correction, because that was the rod for the shepherd was used to direct and stop and, and at times for correction. He says, your corrections and your proddings, pokings, all that. He says, they are an enormous encouragement. They comfort me. It shows, okay, so how could that be a comfort if, if God was using his rod to poke, to prod, to correct? How, how's that encouragement? He sees me, he knows me, he loves me, I, and, and, and I have his individual attention on my life. And he is good and he is loving, and I do not know how he works this all out, but God is here. This, his presence, he says, another, another part of this that I really like. Okay, you're with me, you're rod and your staff, they comfort me. Um, verse... You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So he, David is literally living now in enemy territory. 
he's camping, okay, in enemy territory. And, and his own army is on his way to do him out, get him done, kill him. And, he, and, and, and you know what he's doing? <clears throat> he's a man, so he's eating. I've always wondered about that last meal for the guy getting executed. Like, I don't know how you... Oh, these are great potatoes. <clears throat> that's, that's what's on your mind. But I didn't get enough butter. What? But that's where David is in the middle of all this. And he says, here's the deal. All my enemies are looking, and, and, and God spreads out a table right here for me. He does it for me. And he eats and he drinks while his enemies look on. It's powerful. You anoint my head with oil, which is a sign of respect. My cup overflows. How can it be overflowing when you've just been fired and tens of thousands of your own soldiers are coming to kill you? How can that be? And the only way that can, nothing, but how, how can that be? The only way that can be is, this is awful, but the God who is, is the one who is shepherding me. So, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't know if God's going to save me from death or through death. But he is my shepherd, and he is shepherding me. He goes on to say in verse um, 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now, this is a really important thing. Um, He's being hunted down, correct? Correct. Very literally. And it's, here's the same in imagery. He says, here's what I know. I'm eating. My, I, I can see him up on the hilltops around me. You know, I, I was like the poor cowboy and, and, and all the enemies. It's like, here I am. He says, and you're stretched out in the grass and you're eating and you're drinking. And, and, and uh, he says, yeah. And how, how can you be doing that? He says, because here's what I know. Yes, I'm being hunted down by my son okay, and his armies, which were my armies. But he says, here's what I know. Surely, because the the God who is, is the one who's shepherding me. So surely, goodness and mercy will hunt me down like a dog. They will find me. That dog will sniff it out. It's this, that's what I know. So what what, what good is here? Well, I got some good food and, and there's the river there and I'm not dead yet. But I know, yes, my son is hunting me down, but God himself, the God who is, not the God of my imagination, not the God of of, of my hopes, the God who is, he, his love and his mercy will hunt me down and they will find me at the very best, most important God-ordained time. And the end of the story is, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord 
How long? Forever. And all of that comes out of this psalm that we like, yeah, it's like, it's like the Lord's Prayer, you know. You say, our Father, turn to heaven, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and unbelievers sing it, say it all the time, okay. So this psalm is so familiar, and yet the true context, the true issue here is, is the God who is. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, will hunt me down, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One really key, it's probably true in, in, well, it's probably true of all the Psalms, I'm not sure, but I know it's true of many of them, and I know it's true of this Psalm. Um, Clearly, in David's life, it wasn't about him and the kingdom. It wasn't about him and his many wives. It wasn't about him and his possessions. All the way through this, there's the repeating, he and me, he and me. And then halfway through, it switches and he's talking to God, you and me, you and me, you and me. Do you have a he and me in your own heart and life? Because that's it. That's, that's the whole deal. It was true when Christ called the disciples. You can't get it. Just follow me. He even tell them where they're going. And they were like, what are you, what are you doing? He, how many times did he tell them he was going to Jerusalem and he was going to die? And then they get there like, whoa, we didn't, we didn't see this coming. Who told? Nobody told us. Hello? He and me. He and me. So how's your life? For real, for real, is the God who is shepherding you. That has application in, in number one. There's one application, and that is, yes, he is. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. This is, this is the most glorious thing of my life. There's pain, there's sorrow, there's darkness, there's light. But I, when I look at it, and particularly it's easier when we look back, to say, wow, that was, that was amazing. That was a miracle. I'll, I'll, uh, little silly illustration. I, in my mind... Uh, works in, in sophomoric ways um, or less. Uh, but I used to watch a lot of cartoons and Bugs Bunny. Okay? And, and then and Elmer Fudd was always chasing them <clears throat> and assorted other cartoon characters. <clears throat> and, and Bugs would be running <clears throat> from uh, lots of enemies and Elmer Fudd is being one. And, and I can remember him had one, he was on a girders of a high scrape, high, high rise, and it was just girders, and he was blindfolded or out of his, or knocked out or something, and he's walking like sleepwalking, and, um, and he would walk off the end of one girder, and what would happen? Anybody remember? There'd be another girder right there, right? <clears throat> the theology of cartoons, you didn't know he would do that this morning, did you? He might have made a different decision about coming. Um, but you watch that happen, you know that's not real. Or, the, or, or there's this big wall, and it's got one little window, and it falls on him, and he's like, weep. And he goes on like nothing happened. 
He says, here's what's going to happen in my life. How's this going to work out? He says, I know, I don't, I can't tell you. But there's a he in me, and, and, and there's a you in me as he talks to his father. And I know how this ends. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Sometimes in our struggles, we wonder, when will this end? And strangely, that we have mixed emotions about that because uh, sometimes we like, when will it end? Like the sermon, you know, when will it end? And, um, but the truth, um, it never, it will end by us continuing to follow the Lord exactly like he wants That's how it'll end, like he wants, like he plans, and when he wants. And so if I follow him, if the Lord, in fact, in practical ways, every day of my life, is the God who is, and he is the God who is, that is leading me, then I know how this ends. What's the only score that counts? Well, halftime, we were killing them. Well, good. No, the only score that counts is the one at the end of the game. God wins. Always. Doesn't always look like it, does it? And is your news getting any better? We might move down here if it's getting better. Do you turn on the news and go like, wow, this is amazing. This is so encouraging. I should watch some more. Let's watch all the channels. So we can have lots of people lie to us at the same time. God who is, is shepherding you and me. And it ends with I live with him forever. What's it look like? Don't know. I'm pretty bright. I know it's good. Well, I need more than that. Okay, really good. But it is. Is he your shepherd? Are you following him day by day? Even when you go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear, I choose not to be afraid because he's with me and he leads me. And it's going to end well. Let's pray, all right? Thank you for listening to Treasuring Scripture. It's our desire that every Christian treasure God's Word in their heart. To follow our podcast, please hit the subscribe button. If you're interested in learning more about our church, please visit LebanonBaptist.org.